the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He says, take the ships as an example. Although they're large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. In other words, the tongue controls the whole body, but you control the tongue just as the pilot controls the rudder. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Every year, we have a theme, and our theme this year is called the Year of Jubilee. And uh, the Year of Jubilee is the year that God, it happened every 50 years in Israel's history, and it's the year that God hits the reset button in your life and lets you start all over again. And we're in the middle of a series uh, based on a book that that, uh, I wrote called God Has an App for That. And we've already looked at four of the chapters, and I want to put those on the screen. The first one was God has an app to turn your stress into joy. God has an app to help you overcome temptation. God has an app to help break down the walls that divide. And God has an app to help resuscitate a dying faith. And today, we start the second half of that book. So I want to show you the next four weeks, uh, starting today, uh, God has an app to help curb your profanity. And then God has an app to help restore a broken heart. Uh, God has an app to reprioritize your investments. And God has an app to help heal your affliction. But today, take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And inside your bulletin, you can take out uh, your sermon notes. And I want you to follow along and take notes if you can. Uh, I have a brother who's a pastor. I have two brothers. They're both pastors. But my brother David, he preaches up in Fresno. And uh, several months ago, he asked me to go to Palm Springs. He was going to be there for a week. He wanted me to drive over and play golf with him. So I decided I was going to go play golf with my brother. So we, I meet him over there, and we're on the very first tee. We're the only two there. And right when we're getting ready to tee off, a golf cart comes up. They've put two other people with us. And it was a couple, a husband and wife, and they were extremely good-looking and they look like professional golfers. Now, me and my brother, we're not very good, but they look like they were good. So we both teed off, and then the man stepped up. He looked like uh, Daniel Craig of uh, James Bond series. That's who he looked like. It wasn't him, but he kind of looked like him. 
And uh, he teased this terrible golfer. He looked good. He's terrible. First shot, he hits this terrible shot, and he just swears, just curses. And I, I look at my brother. He looks at me. We thought, man, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> Daniel Craig and the two pastors. So um, literally for the entire day, uh, I, I did nothing but listen to that man curse. I kept waiting for him to ask me what I did for a living. And uh, he asked me hundreds of questions. He asked me where I was from, uh, how far away is that from Palm Springs, how often do you play golf with your brother. He kept asking me questions. He never once asked me what I did for a living, not once. And uh, earlier in the day, I went to a Barnes & Noble in Palm Springs just to see if my book was there, okay? And... uh, I, I get to Barnes and this is earlier in the day. I see there's one copy of the book in at the Barnes and Noble, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it. And I'm thinking, should I buy this book uh, and give it to someone, or should I let someone else, you know, randomly come in here and try to find this book? There's a million books in the bookstore, right? The odds of someone finding it are slim. I and I just kind of felt the Lord saying, Dudley, you need to buy that book, and uh, I will I will show you who to give it to, and. Uh, so I go up to the counter, and I, I bought my own book, okay? And uh, so, so, so jump forward later at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I've been listening to this guy cuss all day long. And uh, was, I was leaving. I was in my car. I was actually driving out of the parking lot, and I looked up, and here came Daniel Craig lookalike and his wife, blonde hair lady. They're walking towards me. And so I rolled down my window, and I said, I said this to him. I said, hey. He didn't know who it was. He kind of looked down. Oh, how you doing? I go, I go, hey, do you read much? And he said these words. He goes, we read all the time. I go, really? He goes, yeah. And I, through the window, I just said, here's a book I just wrote. I said, I don't know if it's any good, but I, I thought I might give it to you. I have extra coffee here in my car. So I, I can't see him because he's standing up and I'm sitting down. I just hand, I see his hand reach in. He takes the book and I hear this voice that goes, God has an app for that? And I said, yeah, just a t- it's a silly title. I put it together. I, you might enjoy it. And he goes, well, we'll read it. Well, chapter number five in this book you see is God has an app to help curb your profanity. Number one, he's going to be shocked that I wrote a book. Number two, he's going to be shocked when he finds out I'm a pastor and he's been cursing all day. And I, I wish I could be in the room when he reads the chapter, God has an app to help curb your profanity. Because <laughs> I, know, I know he's going to read every word of it and be embarrassed. Um, to me, our country is becoming more and more rude. You can't go anywhere without hearing people curse. Can't go to the ball game, can't go to the mall, can't go to the restaurant. This morning, I mean today, I'm at a restaurant with my sermon going over my sermon notes, listening to people swear, just driving me crazy. Cursing is just like, if you think about it, it's just like secondhand smoke. You don't have to be a smoker. You get around other people smoke. That smoke, I don't smoke. But the secondhand smoke, it gets in your lungs and can destroy, it can literally destroy you. And you're not even the one smoking. Cursing is the same way if you think about it. 
I, I, I don't curse, okay? I, I, I never have cursed, don't want to curse, never have cursed. You can't find one person on the planet, not my wife, not my kids. You can't find anybody who's ever heard me curse. I just don't curse. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. It's, it's wrong. I hear it. I know it's wrong the second I hear it. And, and, and I, I do want to be a gentleman. Amen, amen, amen. And, and, and I hear, when, when I hear other people curse, it's like, it's like secondhand smoke. It gets into my, it comes into my ears and gets down inside of me. And I feel like it's making a difference in who I am. Even though I don't do it, it's, it's affecting me. So when, when you're out and about, don't, don't swear, don't curse. It's like, it's like secondhand smoke. You're affecting not only yourself, you're affecting those who are around you. So today, I want to talk to you about the power of the tongue. Now in this sermon and in the life group, in this series, when you get in your life groups and you go through in the book, In this chapter, I'm not talking just about cursing. I'm talking about the tongue. I'm talking about gossip. It's when you talk talk about somebody behind their back. You say, well, I'm not saying anything uh, uh, I wouldn't say to their face. Well, you're not saying it to their face. You're saying it to somebody else. You shouldn't be saying it. Slander. That's when you talk and you actually ruin someone else's reputation. You're not stabbing them in the back with a knife, but it's just the same which I'll show you later, you're stabbing in the back uh, with something that hurts just as much with your words, boasting, lying, hurtful speech of any kind. I heard about a couple on the honeymoon. They'd just been married a groom. He takes his bride by the hand, and he says these words. He says, now that we're married, I hope you don't mind, I'm going to point out a few of your defects that I've noticed about you. He said that. What was he thinking? She quickly responded, well, that's okay. It was those defects, you see, that kept me from finding a better husband than you. (laughs) Number one, if you're taking notes, I want to talk about the positive power of the tongue. The tongue is this powerful, powerful, positive instrument. It has the power to instruct. The power to instruct. In the very first verse of James chapter 3, he says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. James is actually highlighting the importance of instruction. It's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm using my tongue to instruct. Anytime you teach or you preach, it's a very high calling. It is a holy uh, calling. And maybe you're a teacher in a school, or maybe you work at our church in the youth department. We have small groups in the high school, junior high. They're called frats is what they're called. And maybe, you, maybe you're a, a, someone who leads the frats here at our church. Maybe you're involved in the life group. Uh, you host a life group. But if you teach, you need to understand the importance and the responsibility that comes along with teaching. Uh, verse 1 actually says that we will be held accountable. And I want you to know that I think that's true for ministers and pastors who teach to their congregations every week. Not some weeks. Every week that I come to church, I I, I know I I have this burden in my heart. I've got to be accurate to the text. I've I've got to study the Bible. I've got to explain to you what the Bible means and and, and make it in a a way that you can understand it. Amen. And and, and I I come out here and I, I know there are all kinds of people here who are saved and I want to help you grow in your faith. That's what the Word of God does. It helps a, a believer mature in their faith. And I want to make sure I, I, I carry that heavy responsibility. And then I know there are people here who are lost. And, of course, I, I want lost people to hear the gospel. I want, I want them to be saved. 
And so when I, when I walk out here, not some weeks, every week, I believe that one day I will stand before God and I will be held accountable for the words that, that I say, the words that I preach. The Bible talks and says that every word that we speak, will, we will be held accountable for it, whether you're a preacher or not. Parents, you've been given a God-given responsibility to instruct your children. Teachers, you have a job to instruct your students. If you're a coach, you have to instruct your players on your team. Whether you're mentoring, parenting, or pastoring, the tongue is a powerful tool that God gave us the ability to instruct. But not only do we have the power to instruct, write this down, the tongue has the power to give direction. To give direction. This is one of the main points of James' letter. In James 3, verse 3, he says when we put bits, that's a little metal thing that goes inside the house, the, the, the mouth of a horse to help direct, uh, lead the horse. He says when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, a horse can weigh 1,200 pounds, 1,400 pounds, 1,500 pounds. You can turn this entire animal just by this little metal bit that's placed in his mouth. He says that's the power of the tongue. Look at verse 4. He says, or take the ships as an example. And ships are large. The Titanic was 900 feet long, and yet it was controlled by a five-yard rudder. That whole ship was led by a five-yard rudder. He says, take the ships as an example. Although they're large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small Rudder. Now, don't forget this next line because we all like to skip over this next line. It says, wherever the pilot wants to go. In other words, the tongue controls the whole body, but you control the tongue just as the pilot controls the rudder. You see, one of the steps is that you have to guard your heart and your ears in your mind because whatever comes in your body through your ears and your eyes it goes into your heart and whatever in the heart comes out of your mouth that's what the bible says look at luke 6 verse 45 it says for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks so whenever one when whenever anyone admits that they have a cursing problem they actually have a heart problem If you could fix their heart, you could fix their speech. A year or so ago, it was on a Wednesday night, uh, USC was playing UCLA basketball at at Poly Pavilion. Now, you cannot even go to a college basketball game anymore without hearing the entire student body chant curse words in unison. Usually the referee makes a bad call and the student body stands up and they start yelling this chant. I don't want to, I don't want to tell you what the words are, but they yell this chant. The whole, whole arena is yelling these, these words. First one's bull, okay? And, I, and you can't even go, you can't even, go you, you can't even take a child with you. You get, you get a, ch- a child there, an innocent child, 12 years old, and the whole student body is just chanting curse words as loud as they can in unison. It's ridiculous. This particular game was on a Wednesday night. I, did not, I was not there, but I read about it the very next day. I heard about it on the radio, and I read about it in the newspaper because this particular night, the student body took it to a whole new level. They started chanting the F word followed by USC. They were saying the F word, then saying USC in unison over and over and over and over 
again. And I bet Coach Wooden was rolling over in his grave because Coach Wooden coached for 22, 23, 25 years and never cursed while he was coaching his players. And I wondered, the story's in the book, I wondered if anyone in the administration was even upset about it. We're so used to it. Now we go to arena, and the whole arena is yelling, F-U-S-C, okay? The reason I wasn't there that night was because my son was playing for Azusa Pacific, and they were playing that same night at Biola University. Now, Biola University and Azusa Pacific are two Christian universities. It doesn't mean all their students are Christians. It just means that the faculty are Christians, and they have a Christian curriculum, and students go to Biola and Azusa to learn uh, to be in ministry and other things. But uh, my son was playing for Azusa Pacific, and they were on the road playing at Biola. So I drove down the five and uh, got to the school and fought all the traffic. And I was sitting there in the arena. I was on the side of Azusa Pacific. Now, we're the visitors, and across the way are the Biola students. It was a very close game. It was their, their arrivals, and so there was a high energy, a lot of screaming, a lot of cheering, very close game back and forth. But at the end of the game, Azusa Pacific was going to win the game. And so the entire student body of Azusa Pacific, they stood up, and here's what they, they, they chanted. They were saying, this is our house. This is our house. This is our house. You know, like rubbing it in on the, on the Biola because, you know, they were, they were on the road at Biola, and they were winning, so they were saying, this, we own this place. The Biola students chanted back much louder in unison. The entire arena was reverberating with, guess what, chant they were chanting back. Drowned out the Azusa Pacific chant. They were chanting back, this is God's house. This is God's house. This is God's house. And I left that gym thinking to myself, those kids have good hearts. They have good hearts. Because you've got a good heart, you say good things. Amen. So it has the power to instruct, the empower to direct. Write this down. It has the power to encourage. The power to encourage. Now, this is in the Bible. If I ask you, are you a Christian, and you raise your hand, this is for you. All right? It says these words, do not. Everybody say the words, do not. Do not not let any. Say the word, any. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. If it's unwholesome in any way, you shouldn't be saying it. But only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You shouldn't even speak unless those words are going to be a benefit or an encouragement to that person who hears those words. You know, I've been around a long time. I've been in the church a long time, and there's always, there's always a few people in the church that are just critical. And I've met some people, it appears, it just seems, that every word they speak is negative. They're just looking for something to complain about 24-7. You know what I do when I meet someone like that? I say, hey, I need to talk to you. Me? Yeah, you. Come here. And... Uh, I just confront them right there on the spot. 
I said, you know, I've known you for several years now. I've noticed that every time you say something, you're criticizing. You're criticizing me, the church, somebody else. It's never you, but you're always upset. You're always complaining. You're always, you're always just griping about something. You ever notice that? Well, yeah, I mean, I usually just point out things that I see, you know, true. That's kind of, oh, is he like the truth guy, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you some truth. I say, these, I say this to them. I say this. I say, you know what? I've noticed that just about every time you speak, you're criticizing somebody. In fact, you're like the most negative person I've ever met. You might be the most negative person in the entire church. I don't know. We already have plenty of critics. We've got plenty of people that are criticizing us. Why, why do we need you to be like the best? And so I will say this. I say, I want to just challenge you. I, you see, what I'm doing here is I'm instructing and I'm directing but I'm saying to this guy or girl, I say, hey, I want to give you a challenge. Okay. I go, you, you're kind of known as being the most critical person. I want to give you a challenge. I want you to try to become the most positive person in the church. I, I want to see if you can become the most encouraging person in the church. Because right now, when you walk by, people are looking at you thinking, see that guy, he's going to complain about something. Instead, I want you to develop the reputation with, that someone would say, hey, you see that guy when he's walking down here? That guy's the most, every time he says, he's talking good about somebody else. See if you can become that person. And did you know that about nine times out of ten, if I ever can engage that conversation, that that person takes that to heart, and I've actually seen a change in their life because the tongue uh, controls the rest of your body. And don't forget, it's as the pilot decides, and you get to decide how you use your words and how you use your tongue. Let's say you and your wife, uh, you're drifting apart, your marriage has lost the romance, and the feelings are gone. How do you rekindle that love? How do you ignite that emotion? Most times it's by controlling what you say. You have to say those three magical words. You know what those three magical words are, don't you? Let's eat out. (laughs) Amen. But you learn to say, I love you. You learn to say, I'm sorry. You learn to say, you look nice or you look beautiful. But you control your words and you'll be amazed at how emotions change in you and in that other person. What are some of the great lines that you could possibly hear someone say? The words, I love you. The words, you are wonderful. The words are, it's benign. The war is over. It's a boy. It's a girl. No cavities. Thank thank you. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every night here on KKLA. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message tonight has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. 
Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley